How about this, Keith? Anti shout out to anyone who thinks it's baseball season. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Deep Two. This is a basketball podcast where we talk about the latest news in the NBA. Today is Thursday, February 15th, a day before the couple days before the NBA All-Star Weekend is set to start. And I'm joined by my friend and co-host Ryan Stanley. Ryan, how are you living today? Keith, I'm doing well, man. Have you ever been like a two blanket guy? Like like for nighttime sleeping or I mean, I'm doing, it, I'm doing it right now. It's like one <laughs> forty-five in the afternoon. Absolutely. So um, in my, uh, I like to, for those of you who don't know, I like to play some video games in my downtime. And typically what I'll do is I'll have a leg blanket and a body blanket. Mm. And so it's kind of, that, that's my, that's my, uh, my double blanket uh, style. Okay. I like to, uh, I just like to go like layers on top. There's like one blanket for like, the warmth and sort of like uh, you get like a certain a certain vibe going when you have two blankets on top of you it's kind of like a weighted blanket but not quite um and then you gotta have like a really soft one on top you know because that's like where that's like where the hands go and stuff you gotta make sure you know like what's going on there so it, it's it's a good situation all that to say i'm double blanketed up right now and i'm ready to talk some basketball i love it man i love it you know uh speaking of that i uh i just started using the top sheet in beds. Um, I've never been a top sheet kind of guy, but when I got married, uh, you know, my wife, she uses a top sheet like normal people do apparently. And, uh, I, I was very, like very against the top sheet for a while because I hate how thin it is. And I'm like, this is a waste of, of mm. cloth or whatever, but I, I've actually pivoted now where I, I'm, I almost can't sleep without the top sheet. So um, it's not really mm-hmm. a double blanket. It doesn't, doesn't, Probably doesn't really count that in that way, but I um, just want everyone to know that I'm a, I'm officially a top sheet guy. It makes sense. I mean, I, f- I feel like that counts as a double blanket situation because you kind of get that same effect. But really, the big thing is that, like, the comforter just doesn't give you, like, the texture you want on your legs all night. But you throw that little top sheet on, and all of a sudden, you've got, like, like you've got, like, a thousand thread count of good old-fashioned <laughs> cotton right there on top of your legs. And then the comforter on top, it, I get it, man. I get it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the content that you came here for. Just talking about thread counts and, and blankets from two grown <laughs> men. We love it. All right, guys. So we are going to jump right into some NBA news. So, um, like I said, uh, most teams are pretty much on uh, on their all-star breaks um, and so there's a couple things that are have, have gone on this week that I want to touch on before we get to some all-star talk. So first off, let's start with last night, a very, uh, very eventful night for the Detroit Pistons and the Phoenix Suns. So prior to the game, um, the, the, the ball had not even been tipped off yet. There was a news report um, that was sent out that uh, Detroit Piston Isaiah Stewart apparently found Drew Eubanks in some back hallway <laughs> in uh, in Detroit and uh, punched punched Drew Eubanks in the face. And it was unexplained as to what happened. I, I don't know if 
I don't know if there was any previous beef between these two guys <laughs> because neither of these two guys are, you know, of note really. But anyways, yeah, Stewart uh, found Eubanks, punched him in the face, and then was arrested. Um, they had <laughs> to get the police involved. Um, I think I read this morning that uh, he was he was released, and and there was some some statement that happened. But yeah, so before the game even started, we had some we had some drama, um, some off court drama between two guys who aren't necessarily uh, the most exciting players in the league, but hey, you got to get your name in the news somehow. So yeah, um, <laughs> that that happened, and then right after that, um, when the game actually started, this kind of got swept under the rug because of everything that happened. But Devin Booker got thrown out in the first quarter with two technical fouls. Um, it was he had he had been arguing with uh, one of the referees about a call. They told him to stop arguing, and he continued just to talk. I, I, I tried to look at the video and try to see you know the whole picture of it, but um, I, I the first tech fine, you know whatever he kept arguing, throw him the tech. But it was a second tech that I watched that I was like I couldn't really believe that they had called that because he was he had he was you know chipping a little bit and 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 barking but it wasn't necessarily directed towards anybody he just seemed to be mad about a call and then he gets thrown out he gets a second tech thrown on him and uh, ejected from the game and he didn't he even in that moment it wasn't I feel like he was so shocked that that happened and this was six minutes into the first quarter I feel like he was, he was so shocked that that happened he didn't it, it didn't even really argue he was like he was just standing still jaw wide open, um, just shocked that this would happen this early into the game. Uh, but, Rye, did you have any uh, any thoughts on uh, maybe just the state of, of refereeing in general in the NBA? Um, and also, if you have any thoughts on uh, this uh, Stewart versus Eubanks beef as well, although I don't know what, what thoughts anybody in this world could have. Yeah, my first thought is, uh, do you remember that, like, Reddit post from back uh, when the Pistons had, like, the longest losing streak or whatever in the NBA? Where that guy was like, uh, you know, we're on pace to be the worst team in the NBA. Just think about it. What if the worst player on our team just went out there and just started punching? <laughs> it's and all coming full circle. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, you know, it it honestly would take something like like meeting somebody in a tunnel and punching them during pregame warm ups for me to know that there was beef between. Uh, Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks, who honestly, Isaiah Stewart, his nickname's Beef Stew. So come on, <laughs> he's got beef. Um, no, I, don't, I really don't have any other thoughts other than that. Um, it's kind of wild to see an NBA player get arrested for that, but I mean, it's, it didn't happen during a game. I mean, yeah. he literally just found a man and punched him. <laughs> so, uh, and I didn't know uh, until we started recording this pod that anything else happened of note in that game because I think it was in Phoenix. So it started kind of late last night um yeah so i like literally the only thing i heard about it was the punch so uh you know weird man the suns kind of have like a a lot of a lot of that that kind of follows them it seems like seems like a lot of teams don't really like the suns yeah it's i wonder if he was like uh going back to the sewer thing i wonder if he was looking for drew eubank specifically or like, I'm just so intrigued by what exactly set him off in, in this way. Like, was there something said online that he just like got superheated about? Maybe Eubanks was just an innocent bystander that happened to be in the way for whoever Stewart was actually going after. Yeah. Um, Did he think it was somebody else? Like, was he like, there he is? There's Grayson <laughs> Allen. Honestly, that would be that would be the most realistic outcome or a, a reasoning behind that. Um, but yeah. 
uh, Isaiah Stewart, he, this is not the first that he has uh, been in this news. I just just remembered as we were talking, I think it was like, was it against LeBron? Like the Pistons were playing the Lakers and he like started bum rushing LeBron to fight him. Um, I think he's had some stuff with, with Jimmy Butler as well, but yeah, it's just it's just really odd. I wonder what his what his whole deal is. I legit haven't thought about him since the last time he tried to fight somebody. So um, just just bad bad times for the Pistons, man. Oh man, yep. I mean that's that's only the that's the only way that being the backup center on the worst team in the NBA could get worse is <laughs> you get arrested. So sometimes for beef stew. Oh man. All right, so let's uh, let's jump to another piece of news. The Orlando Magic retired legend Shaquille O'Neal's jersey. Um, he is the first player to ever have his jersey retired by the Magic. Um, it, it was a it was kind of a, a ruined night because the Magic were playing the smoking hot Oklahoma City Thunder, um, and I, I watched the end of that game and. It was kind of it was, it was like on the Magic side of things. I was a little bit like bummed because OKC was just leading them uh, pretty much the whole game, and at the end, Shea hit a dagger and told everybody to go home. And I felt like that was <laughs> a, a pretty a pretty gnarly thing to say on um, Shaq's uh, Jersey retirement night. Uh, but yeah, so Shaq gets retired by the Magic. Um, I think this is a. I mean, I guess I I do understand. Uh, where this is coming from, from the magic side of, of choosing to <clears throat> choosing to retire Shaq. He had a great run with them, took them to the finals a couple of times. Um, but I feel like this was more of a move of they, they don't have anybody else retired. It's not a very uh, storied franchise. And I feel like this was something to uh, kind of get magic fans excited. But did you any, have any thoughts on, on this Jersey retirement? Yeah, it's kind of wild that Shaq only played there for four years and, you know, he gets his jersey retired before a lot of other guys, namely Dwight Howard. Yeah, um, that's who, what I thought too. I mean, obviously, like, Shaq is, is if you lay out all the guys who have played for the Orlando Magic, um, and not just Dwight, I mean, you have, like, you know, Penny Hardaway, you have Tracy McGrady, like, you lay out a lot of different guys and you're like, well, some of these guys played longer, some of them, like, had higher highs. Shaq's obviously the, like in the terms of his career, like the greatest quote unquote, but just four years and then, and then dipping out um, right after his rookie deal was over. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, other than that, I, I do think, you know, more so than anything that, that Shay did or, or anything like that. I think the most disrespectful thing that went on with this, this Jersey retirement ceremony is the fact that this was the first time Paolo Bancaro has been in a nationally televised basketball game. It was and it was just for Shaq's jersey retirement. So honestly, I sat there and I thought, like, other than watching them play the Knicks on League Pass, this is like the only time I've ever seen Paolo play basketball. Um, I mean, since like college, anyways. So that's kind of crazy. I mean, like, you can go back and see like highlights and you can go back and like just see stuff posted on social media. But to have uh, you know, guys like him and Franz and Jalen Suggs, who've all been playing really well this year. And and just sitting there thinking like, oh, this is the first time I'm really getting to watch them with context against another good NBA team. Like it's kind of crazy. So, uh, anyways, you know that at least Shaq brought brought a little bit of attention to that. But uh, you know, I guess it makes sense. I will put it that way. He was like one of the first draft picks, I think, in team history. Um, good place to start. But you know, you'd hope that in the next few years they hang a few more jerseys in the rafters. But I guess to now that um, uh, this thought just hit me in the middle of me, you know, talking about it. 
Uh, I guess Dwight's technically not retired yet, so it would be a little bit weird. Um, I kind of understand that a little bit, but I don't know. I, I get it in a way, but at the same time, it's it's a little weird. So the next thing I want to talk about and discuss, apparently, this was this 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 came out yesterday for some reason. Um, I, I kind of hate that this is a a news like actual news piece, but apparently the Warriors uh, made a bid for LeBron James at the trade deadline. Um, and I was just like, before I started to read into it, I was just kind of like, what, what in the world could they have offered uh, the Lakers to, to somehow land LeBron? Um, but apparently uh, Jeannie Buss said that they weren't interested in trading LeBron James, um, especially to the Warriors. Um it was just one of those things that I, I when this when this article or when the the news came out, it started to. If you look up NBA news right now, it's like the first thing that, like ten fifteen articles you'll you'll see just back to back to back. Um, I just felt like it was a weird just insert of of NBA news that really had no actual um, no actual impact on and any on the league at all. It's just kind of like a, oh the Warriors tried to get LeBron, uh, but. In your mind, is this is this a is this an exciting, uh, spicy piece of uh, piece of NBA news? It only is because I wonder like why this story came out and why did it come out now? Because like so many of these things in the NBA, it's like you know there's so many people who like whether it's agents or like GMs or owners or whatever people who like leak stuff at specific times in the NBA, uh, almost for like the drama of it or like to communicate like a behind the scenes message. That's kind of like part of like the reality show-esque-ness of the NBA, I guess. But like, it's just so weird because you would imagine that that didn't come out of the Warriors camp because they're playing really, really well right now. And they are obviously like, they're getting such great play from Jonathan Kaminga at the basically exact position that LeBron would have to fill on that team. So, I don't know, you just kind of like wonder like, did this come from like the Lakers? Did it come from like LeBron's side? Um it's really weird that the only quote came from Rob Palenka in the entire thing uh, where he essentially said that like the Lakers immediately said no and hung up. Maybe it was like, maybe they're just trying to get ahead of LeBron potentially leaving in the off season. And they're trying to get the word out to Lakers fans ahead of time saying that like, Hey, we're doing everything we can to keep this guy. Cause they also, I don't know if you saw this, but they also said uh, pretty openly yesterday that the Lakers were exploring uh, signing Bronny James this off season if he were to enter the draft and not be drafted, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty likely, honestly. <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you start thinking about that, like that's two quotes in two days that seem to point towards the Lakers wanting to keep LeBron in Los Angeles. And, you know, with, with the hourglass thing with, you know, everything else that LeBron's been doing lately, um, it's really, I don't know. It's really interesting timing right there. And so it does lead me to think that this is all coming out of the Lakers camp. Um, yeah, I hate to do like the, was it Brian Windhorse who did like the, the two fingers thing or was that Zach Lowe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, it was Windhorse. Yeah. Um, it's like the two fingers memes. It's like, yep. why would this come out now? <laughs> so I think that's what it is. I think they're trying to get ahead of LeBron who, you know, usually uses the all-star weekend as a time to start, you know, formulating his next moves. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's jump to uh, the last piece of non-All-Star news. So your New York Knicks, and we talked a lot about them last week, just having a great, great uh, middle of the season. 
um, had a there was a game against the Houston Rockets um, on was that Monday? Yes, I believe so. Where the Knicks lost because of a last minute call foul call on Jalen Brunson, who then um, after after everything uh, after the game ended and whatnot, uh, the the referee crew chief uh, admitted that uh, Brunson had made incidental contact and the play should not have been called a foul. And so now, um, I don't know if the, you, you might have more current updates on this, but there's a um, apparently the Knicks are, are filing a protest to dispute that game. And I think they, they wanted to um, basically play in overtime uh, against the Rockets in sometime in the future um, and let that be the deciding factor of the, the win or loss. But um, tell me your thoughts on, on uh, that foul <laughs> call in that game. No, you know I've got them. Um, <laughs> Well, first of all, the Knicks are struggling right now. I think we're on a three or four game losing streak. But also, as as Knicks Twitter belovingly says all the time, it's basically Jalen Brunson and a G League roster right now. Um, yeah, that that game against the Rockets was tough. It was, I mean, every everybody has those games where it's like just clear that your team's not getting calls. And, you know, some people go to the stat sheet and, and like to point it out. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, the Knicks got like 20 less free throws in that game than the Rockets did, which is kind of crazy. But, uh, you know, that that final play, I mean, it's an extremely clear, like, non-foul. I mean, it, it's not like if you've seen it. I mean, Brunson's not even directly really contesting the shot. He's almost like blowing by the shooter. Um, and then Aaron Holiday sticks his left arm out in the act of shooting and hits Brunson, which is where the contact comes from. But it's it's clear that it's not Jalen Brunson's fault. And I'm not just saying that as a homer. I mean, it's like anybody can look yeah. at the play and, and see that. Um, what's interesting is that the Knicks and Rockets don't play again this year. And I don't think the Knicks have any more games in the state of Texas this year. So I don't if they if they do win this, which would be I think the very first uh time that this sort of scenario would play out in like 20 years almost um they would have to like literally find some downtime to go and play like five minutes of basketball against the houston rockets to decide this game which uh brings up one of my favorite basketball stories which is the last time that this happened was i think the 0506 miami heat won um a protest against uh, it was a very similar situation where they would have to like replay the final minutes of a game because they won a protest against the league office. And uh, it was like, there's like a shooting foul called on Shaquille O'Neal or something like that. Um, or no, it was 06, 07 heat, I think, because for whatever reason, like Shaq wasn't on the team when they went back to have to play that last minute and a half. So it was like, it was like a whole thing. Um, or maybe he was like ejected from the game or something like that, but it was like, it's a really silly thing. Anyways, that's how long it's been since one of these has been won. Um, there's a lot of people inside the Knicks organization who've, uh, been leaking out that they're like already looking into the logistics of how to make this happen, which seems to indicate that there's a better than not chance they might win. So that's kind of crazy. But also this guy who was officiating, like, <laughs> so is, I, I almost feel bad for how much like has come out about this guy but you've seen Knicks fans in person and you can imagine making a call like that when we're already on a losing skid and it happened in an MSG within five minutes this dude's life story was online <laughs> so, 
this dude was a former uh, police officer for the Miami Dade Police Department, and he used to do like security for Miami Heat games. And there was like pictures coming out of him kicking Knicks fans out of games. It was like a whole thing. And then they were like, you know, the Heat are seven and zero when this guy officiates their games. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you want to believe in conspiracy theories. This is a good one to believe in, but if not. You know, we might get a really goofy five minutes of basketball here pretty soon. <laughs> Knicks fans went on detective mode for that. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, are they going to bring fans in for this? Like, is it is it going to be like, you know, first hundred people show up, you get a free like five minutes of of Knicks Rockets basketball? Uh, but I think it'll be cool. I think it'll just, it just add add a little spice to this season. You know, to to have something like that and uh, maybe set. I feel like it would set a precedent of of sorts of maybe this happening more so because I feel like the the bad calls are um, are you know kind of stacking up and there's just so much complaint about refereeing and whatnot. So um, who knows? I think it'll be it'll be kind of cool to, to to make this happen. I know. All right, let's jump into All Star Weekend. So uh, just gonna do a quick. Um, kind of preview as to what's happening with the different challenges, um, contests and whatnot. And uh, we're going to give some rapid fire predictions for who we think are going to take uh, these challenges and, and win these challenges. Okay. So let's start. Um, and I, I if, if there's anything I'm missing here, let me know. But um, <laughs> let's start with the, uh, the skills challenge um, that is happening on Saturday. So uh, there's three teams uh, going up against each other. Um, there were four teams uh, before the the Vill- Villanova squad um, that you mentioned to me prior to this to this uh, this podcast. Um, they had to drop out, which would have been awesome if they were here. But anyways, the three teams that we have are Team Pacers, which is Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and Miles Turner. Um, obviously, it's in Indiana this year. If you didn't know, so that's why the Pacers have a whole skills team. Um, <laughs> team Top Picks which is Paolo Bancaro, Anthony Edwards, and Victor Wembanyama. Um, that seems like a really fun squad. And then Team All-Stars, um, which this is just a funny a funny lineup uh, out of all the All-Stars <laughs> that could have been. But we have Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young, two of which were um, – uh, reserves or not reserves, but reserve replacements. So <laughs> it's funny that uh, that they went with them. Uh, but anyways, uh, who are you taking in the skills challenge, dude? I'm gonna go. I feel like we might be on the same page here, but I'm gonna go the top picks. I just feel like they. I feel like it's the most fun team, man. I feel like they can just kind of do everything. Like I'm picturing Miles Turner having to do that pull up three, <laughs> and I just know that it's gonna take him like six tries to get it. And then, uh, like you said, Team All Stars like good players all around but it almost feels like like the real all-stars kind of like selected who were going to represent them <laughs> they're like hey two of you are alternates and one of you is tyrese maxi so you're gonna have to do this so give me give me the top yeah. picks yeah i agree it's it's like i know that tyrese maxi and trey young especially they could they could do really well in this skills challenge but i think it's more fun to watch guys that are as big as like Paolo Bencaro and Victor Wimbanyama do it. And if they actually like do it well, it would be even more entertaining. So yeah, I'm going with yeah. uh, the, the topics as well. Dude, do you think that when they have to do that pull up three, do you think that Trey's going to shoot it from like 35 feet for no reason? He's going to feel like he will. He's going to still be doing that like 
has to like go in between the 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 cones or whatever, and then he's gonna shoot it in the middle of one of the cones, <laughs> and probably miss um, <laughs> based on his his uh, his efficiency. Um, let's go to the three point contest. So um, in this one, we have Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Lowry Markinen, Donovan Mitchell. Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young. Out of those eight guys, who do you have winning the three-point contest? Man, I'm trying not to be a homer with these. Uh, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the hometown guy. I think Tyrese Halliburton's gonna gonna be feeling it, especially after the skills challenge. I think he's gonna be like warmed up and loose and ready to go. A lot of these other guys, uh, other than other than Trey Young, they're just coming in just cold. You know they're just gonna be chucking up shots. I think Halliburton's gonna be ready. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Markinen. I think that would be just a fun out of out of left field. Like <laughs> he was, a, he's not an all star this year, but you know he's he's playing at all star level since last year, and he's just like, hey, I'm here, I'm back, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna do a little something here. How much do you have to love basketball to have your only break of the season and decide you're gonna fly to Indianapolis to do the <laughs> three point contest? <laughs> Man, he's he's just you know he 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 just is a, a student of the game, man. He, he just <laughs> loves it. Um, so with the three point contest, I, I I didn't I couldn't remember if it was kind of like tied in here, but there is going to be a, a three point contest uh, separate that is between Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu, um, who she set the record for. Um, Three point three pointers in the three point contest. I think with thirty seven, I might be a little bit off with that number. Um, and Steph, obviously, we know we know his his he's a two time three point contest winner. Um, I think his record was like twenty eight or something like that. Um, so who do you have between them two? I think that I I don't know if they're actually going to do this, but I'm pretty sure Sabrina's going to shoot from the the men's line. Um, I think she's you know stepping up to that. So who do you have between those two? Man. I'm going to be honest and you you know that you know that I love like watching women's basketball more than probably anyone you know if if we're being real. Um I mean this with no disrespect. <laughs> I just mean like Steph has shot from that three-point line for like 3 decades now. Like <laughs> he he's literally shot tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of shots from behind that three-point line and she has been presumably doing that since she she tweeted at Steph a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> I just I just have to err on the side of logic here and say Steph Curry. Do I think that Steph could get cold for a little stretch and Sabrina Ionescu could like just start draining them and get hot? Yes, that could definitely happen. I would be so hype if it did, but I just have to go Steph. I think that was the best I think that was the best way to put it. And and I'm gonna we're gonna leave it at that. That's 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 a that's a great summary of what's gonna happen in that in that contest. All right, so the last major, uh, I guess, challenge or event is the uh, slam dunk competition. Um, so, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, Jalen Brown is officially going to participate, which is the first All Star in I don't even know how long. I think like a decade to uh, to be in the dunk contest. So the participants for this year are going to be Jalen Brown. Jaime Hawkes Jr., who I'm really excited about, um, reigning champion Mac McClung of the G League Osceola <laughs> Osceola Magic, <laughs> and then uh, brother of 
I assume, I actually don't know this for sure, yes, but they are brothers. <laughs> brother of, of your previous, uh, previous guy, Obi Toppin, his brother, Jacob Toppin, um, less cool of a name. How do you, how do you go from <laughs> Obi to Jacob? I don't know. Uh, so those four guys, who do you have between these four winning the dunk contest? Um, here's my rationale on each one of them. Here we go. And for the record, just to answer your question, I'm going to go Jalen Brown on this one. Um, I don't think Mac McClung is going to win. I, I can't picture myself in my, in my head, rationalizing two time slam dunk champion, Mac McClung, um, which also shout out to us like two pods ago, calling that Jalen Brown and Mac McClung would be in this. Um, so I, I just can't picture two time champion, Mac McClung. I can't. Uh, so like Jacob Toppin's got to have Obi Toppin involved since he's a member of, of the Indiana Pacers. Um, I will say, like, remember like a couple weeks ago when the Grizzlies didn't have enough players to fill out a roster? Like, that's been the Knicks for like a week now. Like, for like the last four games, it's like I keep mentioning it, but like it has literally been Jalen Brunson and like guys who weren't playing at the beginning of the year. <laughs> um, and Jacob Toppin has been on the roster all year long and somehow being like like a real nba player he's only logged like two minutes in the last week so that should tell you about the quality of athleticism we're working with here with jacob toppin um he seems like a fun guy really weird but you know real real oddball kind of guy uh and then of course i'm not going to root for Hami haquez because uh he is a dirty player and dislocated julius randall's shoulder so give me give me jalen brown who can who can get up there he can really fly Sneaky athletic guy. Uh, it will be funny if he has to like dribble into a dunk and he like loses the ball. <laughs> um, I laugh at that a little bit, but I think uh, he, I think he can soar. And I'm always going to root for all stars being in these kinds of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page. Other than I don't really have as much vitriol towards Hamilton <laughs> Junior than you do, um, but I think Jalen Brown just simply being in it is so huge. I think it's gonna. Um, I hope that it's going to influence other future all-stars to uh, make the dunk contest great again. Uh, but I think that he's – I feel like he's just always been so explosive um, as a player that he's just one of those guys when he – when it was rumored that he was going to be in the dunk contest, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, he's he's just – he can – like you said, he can get up there. He's super athletic. So I'm excited to see him. Um, I feel like it's going to be – I feel like, you know, between those two, Jalen Brown and Jaime Hawkins, I think it's going to be a cool uh, a cool little competition. Um, Mac, if, if if somehow Mac McClung – I mean, I, I'm all about the underdog, you know. <laughs> I'm all about a crazy story of, of a G League player being back-to-back dunk contest winner. Uh, but I just don't, don't see that happening um, either. Um, and, and it's just funny, like, the – I, I just want to know like what goes through people's heads or like what is the process of selecting? Because when I think of like, I, I would not have like, you could have given me 200 guesses of NBA players, current NBA players who I'll be like, yeah, they might ask him to do the dunk contest and Jacob Toppin probably wouldn't be like anywhere close to that. You might, you might give me like a good 350 and I might not get to Jacob Toppin. Uh, but maybe it's because, like, I know that Obi was in it. Was that last year or maybe two years ago? Yeah, last year we had Jericho Sims in it. Oh, it was always like right, a token yeah. Nick. <laughs> I don't know why. It's always like the worst player on the Knicks. 
uh, but maybe he's just you know just carrying on the legacy, I guess that that his brother uh, set in the dunk contest. I don't remember a single dunk that he did, but um, I, I know that it was it was kind of cool. I I do remember last year Jericho Sims said like the week of the dunk contest that he hadn't thought about what he was going to do yet. And it kind of showed. So I really hope that, that Jacob Toppin's at least thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So in the actual all-star game, who you got winning, East or West? Are you which one are you leaning towards? Oh man. Um I'm trying to think of who would want to win the MVP the most. Cause like LeBron and Giannis don't really need to. Jason Tatum already has one. Um Dude, I'm gonna go west. I think, I think we're gonna get a big Steph game in in this. I think, I think uh, every year there's like a guy who wants this as part of his legacy. Uh, I think that it like weirdly matters more than like some other awards. Like I, I feel like the the All Star Game MVP probably matters more to some guys than like the uh, like the Clutch Player Award or stuff like that does. The Drew Holiday Com- Community Service Award. Um, so I think that I think it's always gonna be like you're gonna have one veteran who comes in. They're like, I'm gonna shoot it 50 times tonight, and so I'm gonna go Steph in the West. And they're gonna give it to him. That that's exactly what the the All Star Game is. It's like it's like whenever like Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade were in it that last year, and Steph was just like throwing every lob to Dirk that he could. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what's gonna happen. True. Sweet. Do you do you have a pick there? Oh. <laughs> I uh, I'm going with the West easily because uh, Paolo Bancaro and Scotty Barnes and Tyrese Maxey and Trey Young are like the are headlining that bench, and so um, not no disrespect to those guys, but just compared yeah. to the Western Western Conference talent, it's just uh, a little bit different. Oh yeah, I mean honestly, I think the Western Conference bench, I mean they could they could go toe to toe with Eastern Conference starters for the most part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least like front court wise. Yeah, so. for sure. All right. To close out our episode today, we are going to do a draft of NBA duos. So this is a, a little special Valentine's week um, segment. Um, yesterday was Valentine's Day. So I just thought it would be cool to, to talk about some of the great duos of NBA history. So um, we're drafting all time NBA duos. So Rye. You look like you have a surprised uh, look on your face. Were you thinking like current duos? Oh, or? yeah. All of mine are current. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> like you might win this one. Um, I feel like I couldn't think of enough relevant current ones <laughs> to, to go between the two of us. That's, that's true. I only came up with eight total. <laughs> All right. Well, right. I will give you the I'll give you the first pick. And then, you know, as, as you, maybe as you go, as we go, you might just, some might just come to mind that'll, that'll fit better than maybe like Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. <laughs> well, that was my first pick. Right? Uh, no. Um, all right. Well, at least you gave me the first one, which is fairly, fairly obvious. Um, I mean, is there any other choice other than, than Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen? I'm going to take them first overall. Um, you're picking up a whole lot of rings right there. Not so much later on in life, uh, a little distant. Don't have that close relationship like some other some other pairings do. But you know what? I'll take him. It's okay. All that matters is on the court for this. You know, they they were they were presumably the greatest duo to ever touch the basketball court together. 
Um, I like it. You have MJ and Scotty. With my first pick, I'm going to go with probably um, the second best duo, or maybe, honestly, I feel like this could have this could have the argument over MJ and Pippen simply because of the star power on both ends. But I'm going to go with Kobe and Shaq as my sec as my first pick. Um, Shaq, obviously, you know, Kobe, obviously not as good as MJ, but still um, in that in that greatest of the greatest players of all time tier. And Shaq is also there. And so um, he, they're just – I just remember – I remember growing up, uh, obviously I loved Kobe, but Shaq was always the guy that I was, like, scared of because of how big he was, how dominant he is. And so um, them two together was just something magical, man. Um, if only if only they could have just gotten over some some, <laughs> some petty drama and, uh, and continued to play together. They might, they might have seen a couple more rings together. At least they – at least they got it together later in life because like dude just the other day i was watching like the reactions to kobe bryant passing away and like i mean it's just kind of crazy stuff to, like see guys find out while they're like in the shoot around and stuff like that and how they react but uh it led me to watching Shaq's speech at his funeral and man that bad boy will get you tearing up I yep mean. it that one wrecks for sure um all right, next I'm going. You to want go to snake th- it, or are we are we going back and forth? Ooh, we we should snake it because I got okay. you <laughs> and Pippin first. <laughs> Word. All right. So with my second pick in the snake draft, um, I am gonna go with. I'm gonna go ahead and hit hit this one. I'm going with LeBron and Kyrie, um, which is my probably my favorite duo of the past like 20 years. Um, I loved those Cavs team, those Cavs teams with, with the two of them. Um, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie just as a player is so much fun to watch. And then you put, you know, the, the second greatest player of all time next to him. Um, and just seeing them work together, just, it was just beautiful, man. So I'm taking Bron and Kyrie there. Okay. So when we're doing this, do you imagine like, once you take a guy who's part of a pair, then that guy can't be in anyone else's pair. Like, no, I think you can take a different duo with the same player. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, well, I will with my next pick. I'm going to go ahead and take a pair that some people would consider the greatest of all time. Still here at the fourth pick, I'm going to go Kareem and Magic Johnson. Ooh, let's go! Dang, you know I, I didn't stretch back far enough to think about them. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a well, great pick. I'm thinking on my feet Dang. right now. Um, <laughs> and then with I thought the- you were gonna take Kyrie and Luca. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie and Luca. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, LeBron and Anderson Verzel. Um All right, so for my next pick, God, there's three different groups I want to go with right here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch back to the '80s yet again and pick up a bunch more rings. And I'm going to go Mr. Larry Bird and Mr. Kevin McHale. Mm. Man, you got – if someone were just to look at your list, they would be like, are they just – is he just listing, like, the, the greatest players of all time? <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. Great choices. Great choices. I am going to go with my next pick. Uh, man. You know, you could go here – like the Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, but mm. I, you know, that's a little boring, you know, it's just like, just name some old guys and Bob they Cousy. probably made a good duo. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wilt Chamberlain and <laughs> somebody else on that team. Um, <laughs> but I am gonna I'm gonna go with a little bit more recent. Um, still not current, but this is this is a very very much a homer pick. But I'm gonna go with Derek Rose and Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> Ooh, dude, Knicks legends. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me put the caveat. This is uh, this is uh, Bulls Bulls 2011 ish era. These mm. two, um, not the other time that they they tried to do something together. <laughs> Although you know those, those great times we got to see them um, we did. When, they, when they were together with the Knicks. I wouldn't call it uh, great times because both of them like left the team. <laughs> Yeah, like super sketchily. Like yeah. Derek was like went missing for like a day. Yeah, and then they made Joakim Noah go missing, so <laughs> they told him to go home. Oh man! Right. But yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go with D Rose and Noah there. Dude, and people, then people forget how good Joakim Noah was. I'm telling you. Oh yeah, I, I I remember like ESPN. They always do like the countdown of the 100 best players in the NBA, and I remember specifically. Being so hyped when I saw on Twitter in like 2014, 2015, something like that, they would, for the last 10, they would do these uh, like animated uh, gifts of the top 10 players. And I remember Joe Kim Noah being like seven or eight because he had just won the Defensive Player of the Year. He was just such a good defender um, to where he was top 10. ESPN labeled him as top 10 in the league. And I was like, heck yeah, that was my guy. Mm. Next up, man, there's a couple different ways I can go here, but I think, hmm, I think I'm going to have to go, and, and this is, this is now just becoming like my favorite guys that I've seen play <laughs> together, but I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant oh, with my next pick. That, that just going to be one of mine. Yes. Yeah, so good, man. Just uh, I remember we we've talked about us playing as playing two K fifteen and and that team just being so fun to play with, oh, yeah. uh, with with Westbrook and KD. So yeah, <laughs> that's my next pick. You just get so much going, then you accidentally passed Andre Roberson, and it's like, dang it, <laughs> this guy can't do anything. Um, all right, so for my next pick, I'm gonna double up on the KD, and I'm gonna go KD and Steph. Mm. Um, just, I mean. I think that that's like the highest form of basketball we might ever see in our lives. Just like how effortlessly they could score on offense. I loved it. I love their high pick and roll game. I love just the way that they could just like pick and pop. And like, honestly, I love what they did for all like the role players. Like you got like some huge clay games back in the day because he was just always left open. Um, I know the NBA wasn't super competitive and that kind of turns people off like during those years from the Warriors just being like written into finals. But um, that's, I mean, truly going to go down as one of the best duos of all time and kind of, you know, I wish it could have lasted longer, but I also don't want them to have won like five championships or anything. Um, do you, so for my fifth pick here, how, how many are we going here, Keith? I don't know how many you want to go. We can go, we can go six, seven. <laughs> um, let's do, let's do like our usual six. Cause, um, I'm pretty confident I can get away with my sixth man here. Six men. Um, for my fifth pick, I'm going to go with the classic. Uh, probably my first favorite uh, duo to watch. And that is going to be uh, the, the the two who got me into basketball. It's going to be Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. Oh, great pick. That's a great pick. Man, good times. Love those guys. I've articulated before, but um, 
like 2005 Suns games is what got me into basketball. I loved watching it so much. They were so quick up and down the court. Um, very modern style of basketball back in the mid 2000s. And uh, yeah, I mean, Amari went to New York. My Antonio went to New York. Carmelo Anthony went to New York. And Ryan Stanley went to New York as well. So <laughs> I love it. The, the, the history, man. You've just got a lot, a lot of blood there. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take my fifth and sixth picks then. Um, man, really want to take Jeff Teague and Kyle Korver here, but mm. um, I feel like this They might be available in free agency afterwards. <laughs> okay. Although Jeff Teague's podcast is enough of a reason to draft him. Oh, absolutely. It's so good. It's so dang good. Um. All right, let me uh, – I'm trying to work something in here that – you know what? I'm going to take a current duo. I'm going to take my boy Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo um, just because I want Jimmy on my on my list <laughs> in some form, and I'm definitely not taking Cat, so <laughs> I'm going to with, go with Jimmy and Bam. You could have gone like Jimmy and Joel Embiid. Oh, yeah, that would have been good too. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'll stick with Bam. <laughs> yeah. All right. With my last pick, um, let's see. Where do I want to go here? We've taken pretty much everybody that I've really, really put a lot of thought in. Let's go with – oh, this is actually – we haven't taken this guy. I'm going to take a repeat guy. I'm going to go with Steph and Clay, mm. the Splash Brothers. I feel like we can't make a, a duos list without those two. Yeah. Obviously, Steph and KD were the better duo as a whole, uh, but Steph and Clay um, just, I feel like, more iconic in general. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Splash Bros to finish out. Come on. Classic. Um, well, I already know who my last pick's going to be, but it's kind of funny that we only took one LeBron lineup. Uh, mm. No LeBron, D Wade. No LeBron, AD. I thought about it. Yeah, I thought about D Wade for sure. That that was almost my pick a couple picks back, but I just couldn't get there because I wanted some more exciting lineups. Um, I'm gonna close out. Got to pay homage to one of the great, uh, one of the great duos of all time. Won a whole lot of rings. Um, very fundamentally sound kind of duo. I'm gonna go Mr. Tim Duncan and Mr. Tony Dang. Parker. Man, I was. I, that's who I was. That's who I was trying to think of. Is, is uh, a a Duncan duo, and I just didn't didn't even didn't even cross my mind. That's a great one. You could you could go we you could go Duncan and Ginobili too. You could just go Duncan and Pop in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. All right, so right, your duo draft looks like this. You have MJ and Scotty. You have Kareem and Magic. You have Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Steve Nash and Amari. Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, very solid list. And on my end, I have Kobe and Shaq, LeBron and Kyrie, D Rose and Joe Kim Noah, Russell Westbrook and KD, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, <laughs> <laughs> and the Splash Bros, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Uh, that was fun. I like I like I liked looking at. I'm glad that I'm glad that we didn't end up doing the uh, the current ones. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely it. wrote down Paolo and Franz Wagner as like my third pick <laughs> in the current ones. So I'm glad we didn't do that either. Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, how about Daniel Gafford and Luka Doncic? Hey, pretty solid, you know. <laughs> Good couple not, games. Not too bad. <laughs> all right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Deep Two. Um, hope you guys all enjoy uh, watching the All-Star Weekend events. Uh, let us know your thoughts on anything that we've talked about today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep2Pod. That's Deep, the number two, pod. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star rating so we can continue to bring the latest in the NBA and all of our mild to spicy takes. Catch you next time here at Deep2.